0: Hello, and welcome to Diagnostics Digest, a podcast by CM Life Science. I'm your host, Nathan Sharp, and my focus is partnering with the best talent and companies in the diagnostic space with a specialist interest in the point of care and rapid testing market. In today's episode, I speak with Richard Acton, Chief Scientific Officer at Signpost Diagnostics, about how they are transitioning from a COVID testing business to a health and wellness business, and what this means for the future of the company and others in the market. Whether you're interested in Richard's background, his opinions on how signposts can support businesses with employee wellbeing, or more insight into how they've partnered with the European PGA Tour, the All Blacks and the Scottish FA, then be sure to have a listen. Here it is, I hope you enjoy. Hi, Richard. Thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day. Do you mind just introducing yourself um, and a little bit about who you are and um, what you do at Signpost? Yeah, sure. So, uh, well, firstly,
1: thanks for having me. Uh, Pleasure to uh, to join you. Um, My name is Richard Acton. I'm the Chief Scientific Officer for Signpost Diagnostics i uh, been with the business pretty much since inception um, in 2020. Uh, and My role within the business is to lead all things scientific. So, across the laboratories, the R&D function, the quality team, uh, and clinical side.
0: Okay, perfect. Um, and for uh, those people that maybe aren't aware of Signpost and uh, what the company has been doing and, and what the company currently does. Do you mind just giving us a bit of a background into Signpost? Uh, what does it do? And I guess, um, how was it born? Where does it come from?
1: Yeah, sure. So so Signpost Diagnostics was formed at the start of the pandemic, um, so back in, in 2020. Uh, and we quickly became the largest uh, private provider of COVID diagnostics in the UK. Um, and we worked across both uh, direct consumer and also uh, business-to-business relationships. So we worked with film and media, worked with elite sports organisations as well as you know large corporate institutions, and uh, uh, and provided COVID testing at the point of need. So we had a network of mobile laboratories uh, that worked on site at client and. Um, delivered rapid PCR results back within four hours
0: um working working with our clients perfect yeah I think um if people weren't aware maybe of the business I know for myself I'd seen your hubs and your pop-up testing labs um everywhere especially throughout uh, throughout kind of the the latter period of COVID as well when you guys really started forming those partnerships and I think um what I kind of admired quite a lot was the, 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 the brand that you almost created throughout that as well and quite a clear message of what you guys were trying to deliver and trying to support on as well. Um,
1: yeah, I think within that, what we, what we always stood for was quality. Uh, I always wanted to give a really good quality service to our customers, um, say be they both businesses or, or direct consumers. Um, so we were really proud of our trust pilot score. We were really proud of how we delivered to you know, really large organisations and made sure we, you know, we cared about each and every test, each and every customer, um, and, and gave um, a good service throughout the pandemic. And we scaled up at a rapid rate. Um, you know, we grew to have 32 laboratories up and down the country. Um, in, a, in a very short period of time. So, yeah, we achieved a lot in a short period
0: of time. Yeah, no, de- definitely. And I think it's important you say that as well. Um, it Especially throughout that time, maybe when people were obviously quite conscious about their health and the testing. It was quite a... Uh, testing if you had COVID or not was such a obviously important thing at the time and, and having a company that they could then trust and really rely on to get those results, I think is important. Um, and I know there is companies out there that were doing it elsewhere, but I think uh, yes, the fact that you guys pride yourself, up, well, do still pride yourself on that as well, is 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 um, is really good. Yeah, I
1: think again throughout, um, you know, we've been focused on sort of safety and surveillance for individuals. Um, And that's really helped us as we, you know, as we look, you know, we've moved from pandemic to endemic um, with COVID, and as we've looked at at what we do and what we can deliver, um, that really still rings true in that safety and surveillance um, for people, the preventative healthcare now. And so our our move um, sort of, you know, as pandemic has moved to endemic has been focused on preventative healthcare solutions, health screening uh, within corporate institutes Mm. and within elite sport. Yeah. Uh, So that's been, I guess, been a big move for us. It's been a, you know, it's a different marketplace. Yeah. Um, But we're, you know, we're focused with the same values and the same focus on quality. Um, to provide a, a preventative healthcare solution to employees, um, and uh, and also to elite sports teams um, and and uh, organisations as well.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, um, and, and we'll definitely come on onto that as well. And I think what maybe what the the, the future kind of holds for sideposts. But you mentioned there, what do you think? Has, have you seen? Either from a, a scientific side or even from a consumer side, in terms of what's changed from you from before, during, and and after the pandemic, as a company, um, I guess internally and, and externally as well. Maybe
1: I think um, certainly externally. So from the pandemic, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of statistics that are out and about in the, in the field, but yeah. Something like eight in ten people say that they've made a significant change to their behaviour as a result of the pandemic, and they've been far more focused on their their well-being. Um, People are far more um, at ease with getting tested, either at home or on site. Um, And, you know, people um, are really trying to look after themselves, but also expecting more of their employers. Um, So... You know, there's a lot of um, research into that. We, we've you know, conducted a number of surveys, and a lot of, of the information that comes back is that people are looking for their employers to to provide preventative healthcare um, off the back of the pandemic because people are, are are concerned about it. You know, there is pressure on the NHS, uh, and people are wanting to make sure that their employers are are looking after them in the workplace. You know, through different means
0: yeah definitely i i think i've seen that um even as a company here i think we've seen that as well i think before and just this is quite a i guess an entry-level example but i guess if somebody had the flu or they were kind of feeling under the weather they may be like okay i'm i'm just gonna go in anyway and i'll get through it and i'll be fine whereas i guess now maybe people are like They've become a bit more aware of how easily things like that can spread, and therefore they're trying to take, like, uh, trying to take action before they get it. Either testing or they uh, don't come into work. And I guess the the whole kind of testing uh, be able, to be able to do that uh, allows people to, to to be aware of their if they've got. Um, the flu or COVID or etc. etc. Cetera, et cetera. Um, so mm. I think even just as a company looking internally for us, we've definitely seen that as well. Because I've seen, I mean, we, we work in um, we work in the life science market, but also some of my colleagues don't work in the life science market. But they, I guess, mm. they've had a bit of an understanding of that as well. I think
1: the whole, I think the pandemic has also brought you know, there's a lot more homework working. Yeah, there's a lot of homework involved. You know, people were forced into it at first and. And now there is a balance in a lot of organisations that people can work from home when they need to. Um, so, you know, if people are feeling under the weather, as you say, if they've got, you know, some form of, of cold and flu symptoms, then they before probably felt they had to go in because they couldn't really work from home as much. And now in a lot of organisations, you can work from home. So therefore, you know, doing that to, um, to look after your colleagues and, and look out for one another there is, it is a good thing and, and not frowned upon like it, it perhaps used to be before yeah. um, because, you know, it's not just the employees but the employers are, are mm. also aware of, uh, of you know, the um, infectivity of, of yeah. people coming into work with that are feeling of the weather and, and
0: things on. Definitely. I think as well, um, if anything, and I've said this to a, a few people, I think the fact that people were, and you mentioned, were almost forced into to taking those tests, but now people are so much more comfortable with self-testing or going to get a, a PCR test or going to get a te- like going to get um, a test for for something as opposed to maybe taking it. Had taken a- I think people would have, and because I think that's the natural way that uh, life science and health and wellness is going. But I think uh, that definitely has kind of sped up that process a little bit and, and allowed people to be more comfortable doing it themselves and, and relying on it as well
1: yeah i think people are more comfortable certainly more comfortable in um in having a test taken um research our, our researchers has shown that people don't always want to travel mm. for some of the preventative health tests um so you know within a lot of private medical schemes that may offer a preventative health test um there is still quite a, a, a small uptake so you know only around 10 to 15 percent of people employees um, have access to a preventative health screen an annual health screen and out of that only about five to ten percent of people actually take it up um, because they've got to travel for it so you know sometimes you might have to take half a day out to go to a clinic or whatever else Mm. so we've kind of looked at that and, and tried to challenge how that operates and thought well People still want to get tested and they're still quite accepting of being tested. However, taking half a day out to go and do something like that is quite a lot. So we take the clinic to the organizations. Um, and we've done that throughout the summer with uh, the DP World Tour, um, but also go into corporate. Um, organizations either in that car park and, and set up a, a mobile clinic, or or make use of office space to uh, to provide that service to to the employees on site.
0: Yeah, is that where the future for Signpost is going? Then would you say? And I guess, or what does the future kind of hold for you guys? You mentioned a few times there the direction you're taking is. is, is, is am I right in thinking that?
1: Yeah, so the, the the direction we're taking is is preventative healthcare, um, and within that, you know, we've diversified the type of tests um, and the type of science that we do. Um so we've moved from PCR um, and, and COVID testing to, uh, to to blood-based testing, so clinical chemistry, immunoassay, uh, hematology. So we we've developed quite a, a broad spectrum of tests across sort of liver kidney, thyroid, uh, as well as looking at ferritin, vitamin D, which are key markers within elite sport. And then we've coupled that up, so we've got the the lab network, but we've coupled that up with the on-site in vivo assessments for individuals, so high weight blood uh, blood pressure, uh, body composition analysis, and those kind of things that we're delivering on-site to our customers, um, to really look at heart and metabolic health uh, initially, but then broader into you know, vital organs, uh, and, and and also quite key on, on nutrition as well. So, you know, looking at people from a, um iron deficiency and anemia perspective, um, which, you know, can really indicate fatigue and, and loss of performance. And, uh, you know, and that happens both at elite sport, but also clearly in, in organisations as well. So, um, you know, trying to help people be able to, the best versions of themselves on a daily basis.
0: Yeah. Have you guys, and I'll come come back onto that and I guess that talking about maybe why you've taken taken that route and, and why that, because I guess there's a few companies out there transitioning similar to yourselves mm-hmm. and, and we'll talk a little bit about why maybe you guys are doing things differently but did you guys um, with, with your testing and, and with the new kind of offering is that did you have to transform your business a little bit internally with the skill set you guys had and 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 uh, and I guess the experience that did that you had did you have to look at that internally before you could then I guess like take that next step forward or what what was the process there? Yeah
1: absolutely from a, you know from a talent perspective so looking at the talent that we had in the organization and you know we'd built a large organization and people were almost pigeonholed into certain roles and because we'd scaled at such a vast rate, we didn't always know or appreciate some of the wider skills that, that our talent already had. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we started to look at what we were going to do next, being able to engage with our employees and, and look at what they, what they were good at, what they brought in addition to the job that they were doing uh, was, was critical. Um, so, you know, looking at people um, who'd been very much focused on our sort of clinical standards and, and, and auditing perspective, but, you know, they also had a, a far broader skill set around um, provision of, of, of sort of health and wellness services. Um, you know, a lot of them have trained nurses. Um, so being able to to adapt and, and work with, with them in, in, in that kind of approach Within the laboratory as well, specifically, um, you know, people that had got um, developed experience specifically around sort of molecular biology techniques and, and PCR, we we sort of you know able to again look at the talent that we had within the organisation, and, and some of those were you know perfectly at home doing clinical chemistry analysis or, or whatever it might be, and um, so yeah, there was a lot of looking at our talent um, and looking at you know trying to make sure that we were. Um, working with them on their future career, I, I'm, I'm a, a Gallup strengths coach, um, and that's something that's really passionate for me. is is trying to make sure that we're using people's strengths uh, and allowing them to you know, to be the best that they can be by focusing on the areas that they're really good at. Um, so that was, you know, that was a critical area for us as we as we diversified the business.
0: Yeah, and you. you you kind of answered my question and where I was going to go with it. Because I think sometimes what I've seen is they're like, okay, we're going to transition our business to go focus on this, but then not sure how they're going to get there or if they, or even have that kind of uh, deeper thought about, right. Okay. What about the people that have got us to where we are? How are they going to then be able to transition or drive us forward? And what, what then what happens to those guys? And I think it's good to hear that you guys kind of looked at that and realized where, People could then be either transitioned, or we could like kind of play to their strengths, or we could uh, use them to then push as well push you guys as a business forward as well. Um, so, so that's good to hear as well for sure.
1: I think it's been, it, I mean, it's been a difficult time. You know, the the, the sort of the, the speed of of kind of move from pandemic to pandemic has meant that we we've lost a lot of good people. Um, you know, sadly, we we've had to make some tough decisions along the way. Uh, and it's regrettable that we've not been able to kind of scale the new business up at the same time that, that you know, COVID testing and particular travel testing for a consumer perspective declined. So, you know, that I feel, you know, um, really, really sad that we've had to let some such, you know, such good people go. Um, and, you yeah, know, hopefully they'll, they'll all be snapped up because there's some great people that have have worked with Signpost over over the last uh, couple of years.
0: You mentioned before then transitioning and uh, some of the kind of new offerings that you guys uh, are are driving towards or or are using at the moment. But what makes, I guess, Signpost different from its competitors now and in the future as well and the way you're going?
1: Uh, So I think a couple of things. One is, um, I mentioned about that, our focus on quality um, and and our focus on on the customer. Um, so being able to deliver that quality um, service, uh, being able to make sure that we deliver on the SLAs that we've that we've set um, is 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 one thing. I think you know taking our service to our customers is something that we've consistently done um, throughout the pandemic. And again, something that we're looking to capitalise on in the um, in the new in the new business, um, but also um, actually the you know w- when we've when we talk to our customers, they want to co-create with us. So they're quite you know passionate about innovation, and they've seen what we've done throughout COVID in terms of. Being able to deliver something that's slightly different and sets us apart from the market in terms of either speed or location or or, or science, um, and I think those elements of being able to co-create and build um, for the future, particularly the digital platform that'll sit around it as well, those are the elements that that are going to stand us in good stead as we as we move
0: forward. You mentioned the, the 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 digital platform that surrounds it there. Um, what what is that or is is that something you guys are still kind of working on or working towards a little bit
1: it's still being built
0: okay. um,
1: you know, we've got we've got phase one delivered mm-hmm. um, it's based on our Salesforce platform mm-hmm. um, but yeah we, we that will continue to grow and, and continue to adapt and evolve around you know ensuring that the individual has their own mm-hmm. their own data and, and that they own Um, um um, you know, that we're able to provide sort of longitudinal data as well. So, you know, particularly in in, in different circumstances, if you look at you know individual biomarkers and and how they trend over a period of time. While the individual may stay within the normal reference range, if they are getting tested three or four times a year, and suddenly you see a dip in testosterone or or, or vitamin D, you know you know that there's something going on there, and, and you know, within vitamin D you can just, you know, start to take supplements. But you know, there's there's a wider sort of implication around, you know, bole or or nutrition where, you know, it might just be a, a tailored nutritional um uh, insight that that can, you know, again help somebody improve their health, improve their performance. Um and um, you know and, and those are the key things for yeah. us.
0: And I think a lot of people are seeing – you mentioned sport before and you mentioned working with sports teams and things like that. But I think um, the transparency that, of what sports teams are using, maybe like tracking sleep or tracking vitamins or tracking um, recovery time and things like that, is now becoming so much more like accepted in a mainstream or accepted in day-to-day life. And people are like, okay, well, if they're doing that, then then maybe I should be tracking this. And I guess that's exactly – what that plays into as well. I, I I know myself as well. I think, like I, um, I, I track my sleep, my recovery, and and all of that, and then that implements then how I can use supplements or try and like track that. But I guess not everybody would do that, and I guess it's about trying to um, educate people into understanding why they should be doing that, or at least educating them into the right direction as to why they need to be tested well, a little bit more. Exactly. So I think you
1: know as our Core,
0: um, our core
1: product really is, is around heart and metabolic screening. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with that, that high weight blood pressure, mm-hmm. um, sort of, you know, uh, glucose and cholesterol levels. Yeah. Uh, and through that, being able to you know, give people nudges to to improve behavior mm-hmm. um, and, you know, to adjust either their diet or increase their exercise. Uh, is you know is is critical Mm -hmm. and that's where you know people can really make a difference you know every three minutes um somebody dies from from heart or circulation disease in the uk Mm. so you know it's a it's a a big killer. it's the biggest killer in the uk and so by um by having more preventative screening in place um in the workplace that will really help to to reduce um That it will really help to improve, and we're speaking regularly to the British Heart Foundation Mm -hmm. uh, and and working with them on how we can do wider, wider support, wider um, education, Um, and when people are are within our test regime, providing nudges to to improve their um, or just their lifestyle and and the, the the modifiable actions that they can take that will improve their
0: health. Yeah, no, definitely. Is that how you see? You mentioned the platform and then working with companies to work with their employees. Is that how you see Signpost supporting businesses with kind of employee well being and going in that direction? Is that how you see the partnership kind of forming between businesses and yourself?
1: Um, Yeah. So that's so, yeah, we, as I said at the start, we worked with a number of different organizations throughout the pandemic. And a lot of those organizations are coming back to us saying, yeah, we want you to do more, we want you to continue to work with us. Uh, we want you to, um, continue to provide health surveillance, um, for our employees. Um, um you know, that's, uh, the logical next step for us is, is to work within that corporate space, provide those services, yeah. uh, improve health and well-being, improve performance. Um, you know, and, and performance is a, uh, is a metric we're kind of really keen on around, you know, absenteeism, Yeah. Uh, you know, how can you reduce that um how can you how can you support organizations such that you know they 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 always bring the best of, of themselves to each day and so by by trying to help them on that side yeah um uh, is really sort of what we're what we focus on at this moment um uh, and while we've been doing that we've you know we've been broadening our science we've been um you know developing uh more tests um, yeah. and um, and yeah through that that's given us extra diversification
0: you mentioned before as well some of the sports organizations and sports bodies um that you've been partnering with i guess would you mind just talking a little bit about those and how you've been working with those those teams or with those partnerships and i guess what other industries aside from those can you start partnering with as well
1: yeah, sure. So I mean, through the pandemic, we we were really fortunate. You know, the list of clients that we built and started working with is yeah, you know, it's absolutely uh, fantastic. Yeah. You know, from a sports perspective, we worked with uh, the DP World Tour um, golf, and we travelled around Europe um, providing COVID testing within that. We worked with the All Blacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we worked with. Um, Scottish FA and many of the Scottish Premier League teams mm-hmm. um so yeah from a sports perspective you know we we worked with a lot of the Formula One teams as well um so yeah that those partnerships those organizations that we've worked with through the pandemic are already you know starting to to, to work with us engage with us around um preventative healthcare so mm-hmm. um dp world tour um, throughout this summer we um, attended a number of, of their events we we provided health screening to so heart metabolic screening plus um yeah, some additional blood markers for them at um, six golf events across the summer um, and um, that was really um, quite insightful because you, you think of golfers as being you know, professionals—they're not sort of you know running around all over the place, but they're you know they're professional sports people. Yeah. Uh, and so we were working with them and the and the caddies, um, but also with the tour staff as well, because the tour staff are you know traveling along with the with the players and with the caddies and mm-hmm. don't often get to see a doctor. Um, so they don't often sort of you know really have downtime to go and look after themselves. Yeah. So our, our partnership with the tour and with the chief medical officer there dr andrew murray um has been critical we you know we've really engaged with with him and with the dp world tour Mm. um, in providing those preventative healthcare healthcare screening services um around the heart metabolic um screen in particular
0: yeah interesting and i think um just as you were saying that as well and the the external teams that you could then like you say that don't always get the the day-to-day testing or don't always get the focus of testing and i was just thinking even you mentioned formula 1 there even again even the wider teams there and the the, the whole kind of circle that travels there that amount of testing and and well-being that that could be explored there is sure is i'm sure something that you're you're looking at as well that just came to mind as, as you were saying it
1: yeah I mean, there's a there's a, yeah, there's a lot of different types of sport, obviously but you yeah, know those those sports where you're continually traveling mm. so tennis sailing and, and yeah and things like that that you're that you're cycling you're continually traveling uh, for quite extended periods of time and then there's the other side of, you know, of uh, sports teams that are typically based at one location and then play home and away matches and, and whatever they may be in, in the UK. But those, you know, they, they all have, have their own kind of different challenges. And I think, you know, what we're looking to try and address within that is, is you know, for some of those different challenges of either um, looking at the individuals that are traveling and, and trying to give them, um, Preventive healthcare, you know, organisations that are, you know, permanently or one base, a slightly different tailored and service, and that's the same with with um, with corporate institutions as well. So yeah. we worked with a lot of the film and media um, streaming services yeah. and those kind of things, and um, again, they're in a similar kind of way sometimes in that they'll be based on a film studio mop for a few weeks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, travel from all over either, you know, not just as the, as the actors and sort of, you know, the main, uh, stars of the show, but also the crew, the, you know, the people behind the camera mm-hmm. that, um, are, are based there and don't always, you know, don't always get in the same way that the PGA tour staff, the, sorry, the DP world tour staff don't always get to look after themselves. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're exactly the same kind of, uh, circumstance.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Are you, are you, are you a sports fan? I'm, I'm assuming you are Richard. What's your sport, am, what's your sport um, of choice? If my sport of
1: choice is, uh, well, I've uh, competed in triathlons. Um, okay. so I've, I've, uh, completed two full full-length um, distance triathlons. and yeah, continue. I've got I've signed up for a third one for next year. So Nice. Two. Knuckle down
0: and start my base trading through the winter. Yeah, no, <laughs> uh, at least next summer. But uh, yeah, so my sport of choice okay. uh, to compete in. But yeah. I do watch anything. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Last <laughs> night. No, well, yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, me I too. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I, same. To be honest with you, I, to be honest with you, this literally this morning. So y- you've heard of Rob Burrows and all the yeah. So he launched uh this morning his own leeds marathon like full marathon as well um and our uh, ceo andy he um put a post out this morning being like i'm doing it if anybody else wants to join me and i've never done a marathon before i play football and i i I obviously go to the gym etc but i've never done a marathon but i was like you know what i'm gonna throw myself into it i'm gonna go do it so that'll be the uh, i'm gonna knuckle down and go do some training over the winter as well but i don't think it's gonna be uh an easy one, not with the elevation in, uh, in Leeds. <laughs> well, no, I went to
1: university in Leeds and, uh, yeah, it's Hilly City.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, we work with, um, Logan sports
1: marketing, uh, quite a bit. And, um, you know, very sadly Doddy Weir, um, passed away, oh. um, not too long ago. And, um, yeah, we've supported, uh, my name's Doddy Charity,
0: yeah.
1: uh, uh, um, in partnership with, with the Logan sports, um so
0: yeah that MND is is a um an illness that's that's close to all that sort of thing yeah no definitely throughout i guess and, and this is just a a question for yourself and i guess just uh, to see what your thoughts are on it up until this point for yourself and and signpost, what would you say is probably the the proudest moment that you've had with the company so far
1: That's a great question um I was speaking to one of our non-exec directors uh, um, the other week who asked me a similar kind of question. Um, and I think it is probably the achievement of our ISO accreditation mm-hmm. um, So we achieved ISO 15189 accreditation basically from a standing start to you know fully accredited within a year mm-hmm. um, And I think that achievement of everything, Mm. um you know given the backdrop to what was going on at the time in terms of you know scaling the business um and and things like that was was a big achievement for us um and you know the team worked really hard to deliver that and, and that's not just the scientific and quality team is across the entire organization it was something that we were we were really focused on we were really proud of when we when we, um, received the news, which was just before Christmas. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, a, you know, a lot of work to go into achieving something like that from a, you know, a, a, literally a standing star, yeah. blank piece of paper at the start of it to build a, a quality management system, um, that got through that. So, um, yeah, big credit to, to all the team, um, that worked so hard on that.
0: Yeah some companies work years towards that as well. And and, and if they don't, uh, don't always achieve it as well. Like it's, it's obviously quite hard to implement all of that and have the right kind of accreditation, well, go through the accreditation, et cetera. So, um, yeah, congratulations on that. I, I definitely a, a good achievement. I, I, I was eager to hear kind of what your thoughts were on, on that and what you, what you kind of picked out. Yeah. yeah
1: there's loads of other stuff, you know, the scale. Um, you know, the, the the customer service, the um the trust pilot that I mentioned before, all the things mm. that, you know are, are big things and in their own right. But but for me that that achievement of um Irvise of one accreditation was um uh, yeah was was stands out.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. To be honest, I think we've covered uh, a fair few topics there. I think the last thing, and I'm gonna try to bring it back to not full circle, but I guess back to maybe why you started focusing on COVID testing. Obviously, some com- some people may look at a private testing company and be like, how are you guys? Surely you're taken away maybe from the NHS or maybe surely you're taken away from supporting them. But I guess it's about the understanding of like a business like yourselves, how you guys supported the NHS and I guess how you continue to do that as well. I guess some people wouldn't always have the understanding of maybe how that works.
1: Yeah, sure. So we, um, I mean, first thing we, we, never did, um, let me rephrase that. We, we didn't perform any, any government-based testing. Um, mm. uh, so all the testing that we conducted was, was private mm. for either organizations or direct consumers. Um, we, before. Before I joined the business, so the business came out of a, um, a charity um, um, called Project Little Boats um, that was designed right at the very start of the pandemic to try and support care homes and and things like that. And mm. it didn't really. You know, we we had the the founders of the organisation had the concept of mobile testing um, with PCR machines and supporting care homes, but it, it wasn't something that. The government at the time were interested in uh, and therefore never really took off and um we already had a, a prior relationship um through a, a sort of sister organization with the deeply world tour mm-hmm. uh, they wanted to get back playing golf again and um and we ran a, a test event for them where we created a, a test bubble uh and it was really to try and help the, them get back playing golf again because you know there wasn't any spectators, but they wanted to to play just you know to get the TV revenues back. Yeah, um, and it was a real success, and we we sort of built on that with them. But you know, in answer to the question around the NHS, I think you know the more that we can do as an organisation to try and um, build a preventative healthcare mm. system rather than Know, a, a treatment-based system which the nhs often is mm-hmm. we can help to alleviate some of that pressure um, and i think as organizations as employers um, we've all got that um, uh, the, the onus is on us to start thinking about our employees as to what can we do you know more for our employees which will have a societal benefit mm-hmm. um, so i think yeah, and that will ease pressure on the NHS because you know people won't, you know, will be looking after themselves, will have those nudges to change their behaviour, to yeah. capture their health more before they get ill, and then you know, turn up at hospital and it's you know, it's a it's a longer it's a longer cure. So mm-hmm. um, I think what we that's what we're trying to do, um, and what we're you know, what we're trying to build by by providing this as a service.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I couldn't agree more. And I think I speak with both sides. I I speak with, let's say, biomedical scientists that work for the NHS. And then I also speak with companies that are privately owned companies and and, and they're similar to yourselves. And it's, uh, I think the, maybe the NHS and and, and they maybe had a hesitation to the uh, function companies like Signpost could play. But now I think they realize that when they are, um, putting that testing in place or they're offering a service and they are trying to relieve a bit of the pressure that then, like you say, comes towards the NHS when people need treatment or, um, well, like treatment, uh, then, then I think yeah. it definitely can. Um, I think they're definitely kind of, uh, realizing that as well. Um, so it's, 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 it's just good to hear as opposed to, well, it's just good to hear that how you guys have been focusing yeah. on that as well. Sure. Um, well, look, I, I really want to thank you for your time. Um, is, is there any points that you feel like we've not covered or is there anything you'd like to kind of end on, uh, to kind of sum it up from your perspective?
1: Um, I suppose that we've covered a lot, so yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> thank you for your time. Um, I think, you know, as, as a business, um, you know, we've, um, we've, we've evolved and adapted um certainly over you know throughout the, the last two and a half years and and rapidly so now and, and building broader into into that provision of of health and assurance for all through corporate organisations. So um I think you know I, I thank you for for spending the time and, <laughs> and listening to me talk. Um and um yeah no really appreciate um the conversation. I think you know the more we can challenge ourselves as to how we support ourselves, each other, mm-hmm. how we support our employees. Um, you know, being in a in a recruitment business, I think you know, being able to um, work with organisations that put the the employees at the heart of, of what they do yeah. is important. You know, that adapt uh, the adaption and adoption of a of a good benefits platform mm-hmm. is, is always. Um, he's always going to stand an organisation in good stead to, to uh, attract the best talent. Yeah, And I think, um, you know, that's, we're, we're keen to, to support those organisations that really want to look after
0: their people. Perfect. And I think that's a, a great place to end. So, yeah, no, Richard, look, thank you for your time and, and um, going into all those points. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. So, That was my Diagnostics Digest with Richard Acton, Chief Scientific Officer at Signpost Diagnostics. I'd like to thank Richard again for his time and the insight he provided on Signpost and its story so far. I hope anyone who is interested in any of the points we discussed during the podcast could gain some valuable perspectives from his role and experience in the industry. Check out the rest of the series for plenty more insight from industry leaders in the diagnostics space thanks again for listening. I've been your host, Nathan Sharp. Bye for now.